Your favorite Lagos Talks podcasts are now available on all online podcast platforms. Simply search for Lagos Talks 913 on your preferred podcast platform. Lagos Talks 91.3. Join the conversation. And we're back in the studio right here, Lagos Talks 91.3 FM. This is uh, the early edition. We broadcast from 26 Cafe Street off Aolo Road, Ikoi, Lagos. And we're excited that you joined us this beautiful, uh, beautiful uh, morning. Right now, uh, we are getting into the exclusive interview for this morning, having a chat with a certified financial educator and, of course, an expert in that field of finance and uh He's joining us virtually this morning, and that is in the person of uh, Kalu Aja. And uh, we get the conversation going to understand, really, that the possibility of having a transformed economy as a result of uh, this uh, budget. Is there anything in this budget that can transform the economy? And to what extent are we lagging behind? Are we unable to transform? Or to what extent are we able to transform this economy that question can this budget transform nigeria's economy which many of you have been asking is what we're getting into this beautiful tuesday morning kalu aja good morning to you thank you for joining us uh, today hi good morning thank you so much for having me pleasure to be here yeah it's been about uh, six months since we last spoke yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, time flies. Yeah, that's it, that's it. So, um, I, I do see a lot of what you do on uh, social media, and X in particular. And one of your posts that I read uh, a few weeks ago said that until we see the return of all those international airlines to Nigeria, then uh, our issues with uh, Forex have not been resolved. Mm. Yeah. Uh, can you, before we get into the budget bit, can you explain really what that means? Yeah, specifically Emirates Airlines. And what I'm saying is that Emirates pulled out of Nigeria because they were not getting paid uh, their dollar remittances on sales of tickets in Nigeria. So for me, it's just, that, just an index on indicates to say if Emirates returns, that means that Nigerian CBN has been able to meet their outstanding obligations. That's why they've come back. So for me, I just go straight to that and say, whatever noise we make, if Emirates is not back, that means they haven't been paid. If they haven't been paid, they wouldn't have the funds to pay them. So it's a very, very simple indicator to just to gauge if the CBN has met those um, obligations that is owed to investors uh, like Emirates. Emirates. Yeah. All right. So now we've had a lot of things of. of been been pointed at as uh, the cause of why we are where we are. We've talked, of course, largely the blanket description is mismanagement of the economy, or some might say a lack of ideas on how to manage the economy. But of course, we have the non-production or poor performance of the manufacturing industry, poor forex management. Really, as an expert in this field, if you were to describe Nigeria's economic challenge, what really is wrong with Nigeria economically? Mm, well, you have to talk about the base, the actual base and structure, and what has been built on top of that base. So the base we're coming off with is that we make a lot of revenues through crude oil exports, but all that revenue goes out the door towards PMS um, importation. So we're an oil producing nation that doesn't get any oil revenues. We use all the oil revenues to pay for debt and for PMS imports. Then we then had this thing called capital controls. 
where we basically said if you want to get dollars you have to pass through a lot of hoops and that discouraged investment and inflow of dollars into nigeria so when you have this structure this base on this structure you then add on the high inflation <clears throat> that then caused families not to spend so consumption in nigeria has been down since 2022 uh, no one is spending families are not spending so it's sort of sachets and all that so incomes are flat inflation is going up so what you then have is a picture of an economy that is very expensive that nigerians cannot buy things in that economy that their naira has been moved from being a means of exchange it's no longer a store of value right and of course there's no investment going on that's the problem that's the structure that's what's been built on that faulty structure we haven't even talked about infrastructure or even the bandits just the structure itself of using our forex revenues to import pms and also this high inflation lack of infrastructure lack of power and very very low consumption of nigeria that just gives you a picture any way you look at it it's, 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 it's tough if you're a nigerian all right so and and with what you've said right now one would wonder all these challenges you, you've uh, you've listed out that naira which is key to me now is that naira is no longer a store of value that hits home that means it's i mean it's not relevant in the in the scheme of affairs a lot of people are prefer other foreign currencies because they have more trust in that but with all these challenges that you've listed does this budget address uh i mean these challenges if it doesn't let's know what if it does to what percentage or what extent uh does it cover or address these challenges I think what the budget has gotten right is to try to remove the wastage and the subsidies that were in the past um, budgets. So we seem to have, even, even though a bit of it is back, we, have, we seem to have pulled back from the subsidy on PMS importation. So we're importing consumption when we're subsidizing PMS. So we've sort of pulled back on that. We've also freed up the Naira to say we're going to allow it to float hopefully to attract foreign direct investments and foreign portfolio investments into Nigeria. So there are two big things that we've done in the budget. In terms of the actual spending, if you look at the programs of the president before he was elected, he said he was going to decouple the benchmark crude oil price from spending, which means that he was going to print a lot of money and simply spend to reflate the economy, to get the economy consuming again. He hasn't done that with this budget. They've retained the benchmark oil prices. We have a 27 trillion budget. It's really not enough if you want to push the economy to go into full consumption. Why are they doing it this way? Because inflation is still high. And because inflation is still high, we can't really print a lot of money to get ourselves out of this low growth fund that we find ourselves. So you have to choose one. Low inflation or you choose the growth angle. And in our case, I think we've gone for keeping inflation, fighting inflation more than economic growth. That's really where we are right now. The, the country needs, to be honest with you, like a 500 trillion naira budget that would you know, flood the system with funds, but turn those funds into very productive means. For instance, build railways to all the state capitals, build new housing estates, build a new 10-lane expressway across Nigeria, when you do this, you are employing a lot of youth. When you employ a lot of youth, you are then creating that consumption. You are creating that jobs in-house in Nigeria. The problem with 500 trillion naira budget is that your naira then becomes very, very weak. So you have to soak up that money 
from the companies in Nigeria are becoming very productive. So that when you get your salary, the companies are producing things that you can buy and your funds can actually buy those things. So it's just not to print, but you are creating wealth because you are exporting crude oil and there are non-economic products, non-oil products, and you're then soaking up that excess cash you are created. We are going too little and we're going too small. That seems to be the problem. Wow. Uh, so we're going too little, too small? It means that the 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 the, the the budget is tagged renewed hope budget, but saying we're going too little, too small, is there any hope in this budget? What can be achieved with this budget as it stands next year? I, I think what it starts to do is to lay a framework, perhaps. I've seen the, I'm looking at the budget for the Ministry of Works, about $500 billion there. We need to look at the budget as maybe a stimulative seed that will be planting the economy and then hopefully can then attract more FDIs. The long and short side is this. There are two things that have to happen in this budget. Number one, we've got to really increase oil output. We are really at 1.5 today. We are looking at 1.7 target. OPEC has already pushed us back to 1.5 million barrels per day. We have to pump at least 2 million barrels out there to get Forex flowing into the economy. That's number one. Number two, we've got to fight food inflation. So we've got to bring the cost of food down. Even if it means just importing food, we've just got to get the cost of food down so that the general prices of goods and services in Nigeria start to fall. This budget is not really tending towards those big goals of say we're going to crash food prices and we're also going to chase the exports of crude oil to a magnificent level. We're not seeing that ambition. That's the point I'm making. There's no huge, big picture ambition in this budget so far that I've seen that will say, wow, we're going to spend a trillion uh, to import food or we're going to spend a trillion to secure the waterway to pump our crude oil. We are really, we need to, to shock the system back into life. You know, it's like when you see those movies, the guy is on the bed and he's breathing very slowly. You put those, those things on him. You shock him. He comes back to life. Then you can put the IV. Then you can ask him what's question. So you don't ask him the questions or put the IV when he's collapsed. You shock him back to life. When it's up, then you don't apply those macroeconomic theories to him to stabilize him and hopefully get him off the hospital bed. Right now, the Nigerian patient is asleep. We've got to bring it back to uh, to, to life. Yeah. Mm. And and uh, but but you're saying right now that where we are and uh, that, that this budget is not ambitious enough. Mm. It's just mm. uh, it's just like every other budget, just getting by uh, for next year. Um, if Looking at this budget, um, it's still in uh, the uh, a town hall meeting was held yesterday. I think it will continue today with the House of Reps. Mm. And for once, well, I don't know if it's for once, but first time in a long time or that I'm hearing this, that both uh, the House of Reps and the Senate will be having a joint sitting to review the budget, which means we'll be saving money at some point. Not intentionally, mm. though. It's because they want to save time, but it's saving us money. Now... While that is ongoing, some of the things we say now might get into, might be considered uh, before the budget is passed. So, looking at the 27.5 trillion Naira budget, you've seen the breakdown. How would you move things around if you had a chance to influence this budget the way it is? Uh, from defense to uh, debt servicing, 8.25 trillion uh, to other expenditures. Really, how would you move things around to make this budget more functional? So, the first thing is to say that we don't really have to break, 
break out of the budget. We have the summary heads, the titles. So we have Ministry of Finance, Ministry of Agric. We know what they're getting, but we don't have the line by line inside those inside budget heads. We don't have them yet, right? And that's we need to get that to see the direction of the thinking of the right of the, of the budget. That's the first thing to put out there. Number two, you have to do a budget to align with your overall plan. Your budget is just your plan with Naira and Kobo attached to it. So what is the overall plan of the government? Is to create jobs, is to create economic growth, is to fight inflation. If that's your target, then you should be very direct in what you want to do. I like the fact that we've put a lot of money in security. I hope that security is to target the bandits that are in the food growing areas and the oil bunkers that are taking away the revenues from Nigeria from Nigeria Delta. Those are the two most important things right now to get food output up and to get oil exports up. Those are the two things. If those things take 50% of the entire budget and in 12 months you can clear away the insecurity in the middle belt in the northern part of Nigeria so that food can start to come out of there and it's cheap and you can stop the illegal bunkering of crude oil and Nigeria Delta your budget has been successful. Hence, the point I'm making is that what are the top three goals for Nigeria? Number one is food inflation. Number two is the exports of crude oil price, crude oil export. And number three is consumption. These three things, your budget has got to focus on them 80% on this. You don't have to give everybody money. We don't need youth and sports. We don't need all these guys getting billions, right? Focus, solve the problem. Then you can then reallocate those extra savings that you have to other sectors of the economy. Without exports of crude oil, with high food prices, no plan that the government has will succeed. None. So go direct. Give the army a target. Give them what they want. Take out the bandits. Stop the oil theft. Fix consumption. Do it in 12 months. Then in the next 36 months that you have, then start to apply the macro, the targeted investment in, in health, in housing and all that. You can't build houses in the north if they are bandits all over the place. Nor can you even build houses in the south if you have no money from the exports of crude oil. So hence, do one, do two before you get to 20. That's the point. I think they should approach this. Hmm. All right. The uh, the government uh, prior to this budget has spoken about uh, you know focusing a lot on creative industry, focusing a lot on the IT. Uh, well, we don't really have a breakdown, which is what one thing that is limiting us right now. Probably during the town hall meetings, we'll be able to get some uh, more information. Of course, some news are trickling in about the plan to spend about thirteen billion on uh, previous former president and and uh, vice president for one year. Uh, well, that that is that is quite huge uh, right now. But really, um, if we, you, you're saying we're not, if I got you right, you're saying we're not targeting, we don't appear to be targeting inflation uh, reduction right now. If inflation, with this budget, are we likely to see, I know it's been pegged at, if I'm right, uh, 21.5%, uh, you know, but is that achievable or are we likely to see an increase in inflation looking at this right now? Yeah, that's the point I'm making is that inflation in Nigeria is driven by high food prices. So food prices are what's driving the inflation numbers you're seeing at 20, at 30%. Food inflation is 30%, core is 27%. So if you want to fight inflation, you've got to increase the supply of food, which is the security budget I'm talking about. Because if you take away the bandits in the food growing areas, then you bring food output up, 
which then takes food prices down. That's the point about fighting inflation. And also the export of the crude oil will then give you the dollars to do a short-term import of food, very short-term, three to six months, to bring in food to crash the prices so that the farmers then have time to plant and harvest local crops. So the two go hand in hand, and that's how you fight inflation. You can't fight inflation now with only monetary means because you can't cut rates and rise to grow. There's rise in Kebi, but to get it from Kebi to Lagos is the problem. Poor infrastructure and insecurity. So if you want to tackle those, you tackle those directly. This is the point I'm making about doing one, two, and three. Focusing on inflation, focusing on the exports cr uh, crude, focusing on bringing down food inflation down, and focusing on consumption. Do that in the first 12 months. Take all the funds, leave humanitarian, leave youth and sports, leave housing, leave all these other guys. Focus big picture on those three goals. Secure them. Then you've got 36 months to do whatever you'd like to do. Otherwise, if you go incrementally, in 48 months, you find I haven't really done much. That's my fear. Yeah. Mm. So it means that we need to do things a bit differently rather than just shutting the borders and expecting uh, the magic wand to just turn things around. We need to be very strategic and very intentional with how we open up the That's borders exactly for a right. short while, bring food in, encourage, be intentional about getting Nigerians to plant and grow what we feed, then we go back to limiting uh, importation as well. Now, while all this is... Okay, go ahead. You were going to chip in something there. Yeah, I just mean... So, so imports are not a problem. It's net export that we should target. You, you import whatever you want, but have a net export and then you're fine. That's just the point of the, Yeah. Mm, all right. Now, with, with this, and uh, talking about import and export, let me just tie this in now that looking at how the dollar has been fluctuating... We target uh, defense and uh, secure the nation. Are we producing more food? Uh, we're creating jobs here. How will that affect the dollar, the exchange rate? Will that make Naira stronger, knowing that there's still a high demand for dollars? Yeah, so the question is, why is there a high demand for dollars? Because there are many people today that never used to hold dollars that are now holding dollars because the Naira is no longer a store of value. Why are they holding dollars? Because the Naira is highly inflated. The purchasing power of the Naira has gone down. So if you fight inflation, if Naira is stable, which means if I put money in the bank, I know it's not going to inflate more than, say, 2 or 5%, right? Then the need to hold dollar starts to go away. You know, no one spends dollar locally in Nigeria. We hold dollar, then we switch back to Naira and we spend Naira. So the holding of the dollar is to secure your savings away from an inflated naira so if you keep the naira stable you eliminate the non-import need for a dollar nobody spends like nobody spends dollar in my village or your village but we like to hold the dollar because if we don't hold dollar if we simply hold naira we've already lost 27 percent doing nothing so the first step is to say we want to get the naira stability and stability comes from a supply of dollars like the naira it's a derivative of crude oil export. So if we export more crude oil, we get more dollars in. That makes it the exchange rate stable. That means that no one would like to would have the need to run and hold dollar just to avoid the inflation in the area. That's the connection. Remittances helps, exports helps, but the perception that the naira will be weaker tomorrow is what we have to get rid of to allow more Nigerians then hold onto their naira yeah
Hmm. All right. And uh, and with that said, now when we look at uh, taxes, I was trying to get the full uh, open up that budget. Uh, the breakdown again. I think uh, taxes. Yeah. Uh, the target for taxes around ten point something trillion. If I'm right, I'm trying to open that while you were talking, but having a little technical glitch here. I think it's around ten point something, over ten trillion. That's the target for taxes. Uh, should Nigeria be, Nigerians be concerned that next year they will be overtaxed, or can uh, we get ten trillion in this economy as it is? I think they will hit that number just just by the inflation and by the, the FIRS now is very very should you say quote unquote aggressive. Uh, the number one income earner for Nigeria, not even crude oil, is the uh, income tax that, that the companies pay, mm. uh, and then the VAT. The crude oil just gives us forex, right? But in terms of revenues, it's going to be the import, uh, the corporate income tax, and the VAT. So there's going to be taxes. Nigeria's tax to GDP is very, very low. I think it's the lowest in the world. I think as I saw a report once that Afghanistan has a higher tax to GDP than Nigeria. So. Yes, taxes are going to go up. I don't like to pay taxes, but the reality is that taxes have got to go up. Mm. The problem with Nigerian um, leadership is that they haven't shown that they are good managers of tax revenues. Okay. When taxes go up, they buy SUVs. So people don't mm. want to pay taxes. If people saw their taxes being used for good, the, 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 what's it called? the coverage ratios and the compliance ratio will go up. Right now, people don't trust the government with tax revenue. That's a big problem. The, the perception of the government is wasteful. And if that person persists, then people only pay tax that they have to pay. There will be no self-assessment because they want to pay. And that's where you want to get to, that people have a need to say, I want to help the country on the health of the institution by paying my taxes. But if you're wasteful, no one's going to pay his taxes yet. Mm, all right. And uh, a, a, I just got a message from one of our listeners now talking about the trade surplus, that how can we achieve, uh, uh, I mean, the trade surplus But next year? Um, does this budget promise that or we need to work harder making that happen? I mean, when you talk about trade surplus in Nigeria, you're talking only about crude oil. Because if you see that the gap between crude oil and, say, cocoa and soybeans, which are our next export, is too large. I mean, I was shocked to see the gap. So we haven't diversified away from from crude oil export. So I would say rather invest more in crude oil, in urea, in gas, in fertilizer. They buy the subsectors or the byproducts of crude oil and gas. So we build at this competitive advantage in urea export, in gas export, and all that. Max out that sector fully. So if we're not going to diversify, then max out that sector. But keep it in mind that COP is talking about a reduction in fossil fuels. So what can we do in that regard? If we can get oil exports back to where they were in 2018, which is about 2.2 million barrels, then not only do we have a positive trade surplus, the Naira strengthens, our foreign reserves go up. This is the same Nigeria, 2018, 2.2 million barrels a day. If we can simply get there, most of the points you're seeing is not going to disappear on its own. We are in the problem today because we're not exporting as much crude as we should export, even when prices are higher. We've lost that opportunity. So cocoa and soybeans, unfortunately for now, are not giving us money. We just have to focus like a laser on what gives us money, crude oil, gas, and the byproducts. Focus on that uh, for now. All right. Now, two quick questions before we let you go. First of all, we've seen this budget, and uh, we've seen in uh, different climes like the U.S. and some other countries where, of course, the federal budget is there, but you can see that a lot of or some of these implementations are also done in collaboration with the state and other tiers of government. Now, looking at this uh, current budget that we have, 
does it tie in the states in any way and how can we even get the states to um, buy into this such that it, together with their budgets we achieve growth next year or can the federal do this uh, achieve this alone without input from the states yeah excellent question i mean not usually when you see a republic right the federal has got taxes and the states also have taxes but the federal comes in with grants and stimulative incentive programs to say hey if you educate your kid we will support you with uh, grants for education mm -hmm. nigeria has the ube the investor basic education looking at the yeah. numbers right here i think we are give or take about 251 billion it sounds a lot but the national assembly is getting 197 billion so it's mm -hmm. not a lot between national assembly and U ube the way it should run is that the federal government should should set up programs and say tell the state if you build a kilometer of roads we'll pay for 25 percent of it if mm. you build a hospital will pay for 10% of it. So that way you are incentivizing the state to spend because they want to unlock counterpart funding from the federal government. That's mm -hmm. how it should be. So if I, I can't tell the states what to do, but I can dangle money and say, if you are a state and you increase enrollment and graduation by 10%, I will cover 10% of your, of your salaries okay. for your teachers. If I do that, what happens? State government starts to focus on enrollment and graduation mm. so that way you then have a national and a subnational target even the local government target all in sync but where we have it where we're just sharing money out based on land mass and minimum responsibility of states it's not tied to any outcomes there is no we're not taking the point and saying if you do this we'll give you so i simply say yeah. if you're a state with land we'll give you money mm. so there's no incentive for any governor to do something specific yeah. To unlock so, so they don't need to do anything in particular. It's just by your mere existence. Correct. You, you, you earn. Land, it says if you have land, forty percent minimum responsibility of states about forty percent. Then you start to see school enrollment and the rest one percent, two percent. So there's no incentive. Mm. Just have babies and have land, and you get money <laughs> from the federal government. But w w in order to achieve what you're saying now, wouldn't we? Need, I believe we need. Uh, a uh, legislative, a new bill to, to correct this, uh, to, you know, to move. Thank, Thank God we have the president from one party, Senate from one party, House from one party, most governments from one party. So there's no excuse. Mm. In the U.S. where you have maybe a Republican, Democrat, divided house, now we have one party, right? We, it was all from the same party. So if you agree that a road is good, schools are good, hospitals are good, then what's the problem? So pass that specific, uh, uh, we already have it, like how TED Fund operates, mm -hmm. how UBE operates. Mm -hmm. So just uh, take that away from education and say, bring in health, bring in roads mm -hmm. into that equation. You see, right. if you build a road in a rural area, we'll give you extra money yeah. or whatever. And then you see it's happening. Mm -hmm. yeah. And just to add to what you're saying, because we know government officials are listening, Kalu Aja is not saying create new authorities or commissions to oversee this. We have enough commissions and authorities already that can implement this structure. So we shouldn't say, okay, we heard from uh, the, the, the corporate world or experts or technocrats and we want to apply it. So we are setting a commission or a committee to set to look into the... No, whatever we have now, we can just go ahead and implement that. And uh, I might need to let you go right now. And um, yeah, just let, let, let's let you go right now uh, on, on this note because if we were to go into the further conversation, it will lead to more. But... I know I'd like to let you go, but if you to look at this uh, um, this uh, budget the way it is, in many countries of the world, 
The citizens look forward to the budget to drive their investment and their plan for the year tw- for the following year, at the year in view. Now, looking at budget 2024, I am Nigerian. I have so amount, I mean, an exact amount of money, or I am just uh, a young Nigerian hustling, looking for a way around. Which sectors, or what is the direction of this budget that an average Nigerian can move into in 2024 and plug in to benefit from government, um, did I say, largesse or investments? Good question. I mean, the largest uh, expenses are going to the military, to education and health. That's where I see them going to. But where is the largest employer of labor? It's agriculture, it's trade, it's telecom. So you can see that where we are spending money are not the largest contributors to employment or to GDP growth. But we have to spend on, 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 uh, on the military and on the health and education because they have been underdeveloped a long while. But still, if you look at there are lots of small areas. Uh, the IT guy is doing a lot. The new minister of telecom is doing a lot in terms of empowering youth with training and all that. So you have to, that's where we want the line by lines. If we have the line by lines, you can then see what particular program or what particular ministry is being put out there so you can tap into it. Right now, we only have the subhead. So it's difficult to say, oh, go to the Ministry of Agriculture because they're going to spend $226 billion. We don't know what that money will be spent on. But mm-hmm. in that $226 billion, there will be a program for this. Like here, I see there's going to be $50 billion for student aid. It's, it's right mm-hmm. here. Yeah. There's going to be a consumer credit. Mm-hmm. I think it's about $100 billion. Consumer credit, that's wonderful. If you have consumer credit at zero or low interest rates for the youth or the means-tested ways to get credit to the kids, you are starting a good place to create consumption. Mm. So I like that in, in the budget, but I want to see more details so folks like us can tell people, hey, this is out there, go get it. All right. Thank you so much, Kalu Aja, for your time this morning. We always appreciate your input. And to every listener, you can always go to uh, a Facebook page uh, to read uh, and uh, watch the video uh, once again. We'll reach out to you soon. Kalu Aja, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you having me here. All right, so we'll draw the curtain on the interview here. We've done a breakdown, well, an analysis, a review. We weren't able to go into the full uh, breakdown of what really is happening uh, with the budget, but we've done a review giving you uh, the approach, an understanding of what the budget stands for and uh, how uh, you could plug into it. Because like I see every time, we need to hold government uh, to account, but while we're holding government to account, we need to look at what the budget seeks to achieve so that every single person can plug in. If you don't plug in, while you complain, sit down and complain somewhere, there are people that are plugging in, Nigerians like you and I, who are taking advantage and growing at their personal finance. Let's get better, let's hold government to account, and let's make this country work for us. Oluakade is here, we'll take a short break, and when we come back, it definitely uh, we'll read some messages and cross over to Spot Zone. All right, so we say welcome back to uh, the studio, and uh, this is Lagos Talks 91.3 FM. We just take one message because we're really out of time, uh, and uh, we just take that message, and when we come back, we'll get into, uh, we'll continue with our interaction. Um, a message here says, good morning, please can uh, you wait, okay, tell us the trade surplus has made the lives of ordinary nigerians better and we easily move on from the mass murder of nigerian citizens in this helpless and careless airstrike by the military these innocents are just numbers to us now where is our humanity and uh yes you're right on that uh, it's not something we should gloss over uh, and that there have been over 
uh, 80 dead and uh, there have been 10 accidental bombings in two years by the military. The question is, um, what leads to this? Are we saying our military do not have the capacity to, I mean, what really is going on? With all this, these are questions we'll have. Uh, we'll get into uh, definitely, even as you've brought it up right now, and uh, we'll see how we could get some former retired military officers to come give us a chat on how these airstrikes are planned and what could lead to this uh, misadventure, this uh, very expensive uh, glitches or errors in target. Your favorite Lagos Talks podcasts are now available on all online podcast platforms. Simply search for Lagos Talks 913 on your preferred podcast platform. Lagos Talks 91.3. Join the conversation.